Um, my name is Christine, and I am a compulsive human. If I wasn't compulsive eating, I would be doing something else compulsive. Um, those of us who don't remember history or the past are condemned to repeat it. And I have used my time with Secular OA to sort of look at where I've come from to help me see where I'm going because the cloud, the fog of, the fog of the now can really mess with my uh, sense of time. So um, I'm the second of four kids. My dad is the middle child of eleven, and my father's family was desperately poor, and he his mom died when uh, he was a teenager with five younger teenage boys in the house. Crazy, crazy food insecurity issues. My mother also has food insecurity issues. And I'm telling you this to give you some background about what sort of unconscious forces were sort of in my, in my food history in the past. My mom was a war orphan who was kicked out by the Nazis and taken away on a train at age four, and then someone stole her blanket the first night, and then she was living in refugee camps for eight years, and um, food was so scarce while in the refugee camps that one time one of my uh, uncles, who were teenagers, so there were two teenagers, it was, a, it was a, a lot of adults, and my mom was a surprise baby, so she was the only young child, and uh, one time my uncle found a robin's nest while working on the train lines. You know, he was literally swinging pickaxes and working on the train lines as a refugee outside of Frankfurt. He hid it in his jacket because he knew that people would fight him for it. And then my mom was four years old and what they did is there were two robin's eggs in there and they gave one to her and eight adults shared the other robin's egg. My mother never thought or mentioned, I mean, like I was thinking about this as a child and thinking, well, how can eight adults share one robin's egg? But, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so, so food insecurity played a big role in my home. Um, so my mom's mom died when she was 10 as well. And then um, uh, she had difficulty as a, as a girl going to school because they're like, oh, well, now that your mom's dead, you don't have to continue going to school anymore. And she's like, no, my mom wanted me to go to school. So she had to fight in order to go to seventh grade equivalent. And then even so, she was um, forced by the family to drop out and in the equivalent of uh, freshman, sophomore year high school to take care of one of her dying relatives. So school, food, gender inequality, these all things kind of um, uh, weigh heavily in my history. Um, one of my early food memories was um, my dad's family was very close and there were 32 cousins. And I would look around as a kid in the summer. It's like, what's wrong with this picture? There's not at least two other people in bed with me today because we would share beds and the kids would all go stay at one person's house or another. And um, uh, we used to have this big Fourth of July party with a barbecue, and um, and that was lovely. But I do remember one time we had been given a treat, and my older sister said, "I bet I could eat this slower than you. It's so good." And I just said, "Ha! Huh, I don't have to." And it just melted all over my hand. And my sister's like, "That's really weird. That's that, that's really gross." And I was thinking that it was actually a sense of power because I could control my food. Um, 
as a kid, um, there'd be times when we didn't have things for dinner and it was really hard. And one time I found a $5 bill in the snow and it's like, yay, we get dinner tonight. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so food insecurity plays into a big reason why I'm so dysregulated with my food. Abuse also plays into it because I was abused and neglected as a child and I am a survivor thriver and I work a different step program for that. I came to secular OA because one of the steps in the traditional 12 steps is step three, surrender. And I'm like, nah, -uh. I cannot surrender because giving up my sense of personal power and autonomy over my body, it just, it really creeps me out and makes me start breathing fast because uh, being abused, that was just not going to happen. Okay. So I was really pleased when I was able to find the free thinker alternative steps because I was looking for alternative steps and bam, it came up with this group, which is um, I'm out in California and the uh, free thinkers secular overeaters program is based in Oakland, which is relatively close to my place. Um, so um, over the years, um, when I was a kid, I was a hyper taster and hypersomic. I had really hyper super tasters is another word for it and so if something was off i didn't want to eat it <laughs> and in a house with food insecurity that was kind of a problem and um my parents would do this thing like you're gonna eat that dinner or you're gonna get it again for breakfast and i just refused to eat moldy food um so that was a, a source of contention between my parents and me growing up. Um, in middle school, the abuse ramped up and the food insecurity ramped up as, um, I remember one particular really awful winter and my dad, very traditionalist, uh, didn't want my mom to go out and get a second job so that we could afford food. Um, so that was a tough year. Uh, that was a very tough year. And um, uh, I remember at one point in middle school thinking, well, I can either be an aggressor, I can either be a victim or a bully. And so then I remember doing some stupid things that I've later regretted. I remember trying to teach my little brother to be tough. And he was a one and a half year old baby at the time. You really can't teach a baby to be tough. <sighs> so um, finding a higher power and finding uh, food, um, food peace is what I would call it because food insecurity was really a problem. Um, my sister got a job in uh, high school, actually in grade school as uh, a waiter at a local Chinese restaurant. And the food, the food issues were bad. So she was able to bring food home as well as eat dinner. And that was a huge part of what she could, did to get to help in the kitchen. You know, it's like, wow, that's awesome. And I remember going over to my one friend's house and they were a very nice family, but I didn't want to put any pressure on them. So when they, if I stuck around close to dinner time, they're like, do you want to stay for dinner? No, I'll just wait here until you're done eating because I didn't. And so again, food insecurity, because food is power. I didn't want to take that food away from them. Weird stuff. Um, in college, I was an exchange student and I was in Germany. And while in Germany, there was some really great high fat dairy that I could get from a local uh, farmer's stall. And I ate that every day. And the idea of having too many calories was laughable to me. I just really didn't understand it. So um, when I started gaining more weight than I thought was expected, it was really odd for me to ever to have this happen for the first time. Um, 
And um, so I was reading a few books on healthy food. And when I came back to the States and I moved into my own place and then I wasn't stress eating, um, I definitely found that I was regulating myself. At some point after um, I uh, was in high school, at one point, I remember telling my parents that they really needed to get help and therapy. And they actually listened to me. <laughs> and um, my mom actually got into overeaters. And I have here my mom's little 12 step from overeaters things because she did some really wonderful things because of overeaters anonymous my mom had gone out and she got her ged and then she actually later became a really great computer programmer and she got her computer her community um college degree as well um my dad hadn't had any college until after that point as well and he became sober um in high school about the same time that my mom uh stopped overeating and um and things were better but having dry parents um the, there were still the underlying addiction issues when i was in college i was an exchange student in germany as i said and one of the really interesting things to me was in 1989 the wall fell down and i was able to be in berlin at this time when the wall fell down and the thing is, is there was this unimaginable relief, joy, and just giddiness because this horrible weight of the separation between East and West Berlin was lifted for the first time. And um, the uh, soldiers at the border wall, people would come up to them and put their arms around these soldiers who were used to being seen as condemned and mean and and they were like, hey, can we take a photo with you? And smiling at them. It was really a weird time. And when I saw that, I thought about, wow, there's all this other weight from my family heritage that's also in the background. And I wonder how much that weighs on me as well. So um, when I came back to the States and I finished my degree um, in college, and I ended up working in restaurants a lot. Uh, I could have been perhaps because of the food insecurity thing, because then I could eat at a restaurant and not have to have that money come out of my budget for my house. I actually lived in the projects, um, uh, subsidized housing. Um, and um, then I, um, it was unsafe. So I moved out um, after, anyway. So food. Um, Definitely, I found secular overeating because I was looking for alternative steps. And I really like the Freethinker Alternative 12 Steps. I'll put a link to it in the uh, in the uh, chat, but you can find it at the Secular Overeaters site. And, um, and that was really huge for me because I had looked at the Overeaters program when my mom got abstinent. And it was really a wonderful thing, but I just couldn't take the idea of surrender in step three, um, however much courage there was in step four. Um, so I definitely have found um, the 12 steps to be very useful. And rewriting the 12 steps has also been a very powerful exercise for me. Um, another source that I really like is uh, Russell Brand has uh, a book that he wrote called Recovery. And his version of the first three steps is really great because his first step is, are you a bit fucked? 
It's, and then he, I wrote, he rewrote it as, do I have a problem? <laughs> and that really, it really resonates with me. So he's got a free set of, of how to work the steps in a secular way that I find very helpful as well. Um, because by rewriting the steps and sort of making them my own, I found I was really able to get, get at peace with my higher power because making a decision to entrust my will and lives to the care of the collective wisdom before me, that's really different than giving up my power and being helpless. And um, so step three in particular has been a real, um, a real point of growth, an opportunity for growth for me. Um, I definitely did find with strug struggling a higher power that was not religiously based. Um, and um, I got a lot of problems with some of the organized religion uh, setups. Uh, but one of my favorite descriptions of a higher power is somebody described it as my healthy part. If I had a healthy part, what would my healthy part want to do? And I can definitely look at that and say, well, they wouldn't my healthy part wouldn't try to eat to numb myself. And so I look at that for my higher power and I find that really works. So um, I actually have only been with overeaters for about uh, two years. I had a, uh, a crisis moment when an awful lot of um, childhood abuse had been blocked out and then it was not blocked out anymore. And it's like, oh goodness, I have to go through all that work to fix this. So I I work multiple step programs. I work overeaters because when I get triggered, I definitely go to maladaptive food behaviors. And food insecurity is a problem. Food hoarding is a problem for me. Um, and dysregulation of all kinds, overeating, undereating, are both problems for me, um, as well as food restriction. Just because it's like when I try to get one thing balanced without getting to the root of what the issue is, then I'm like trying to juggle um, juggle flaming chainsaws because it's just not possible until I get grounded and sit myself in, I have a problem. <laughs> My step one. Number two, I need some help to fix this problem. That's my number two. And then number three is my tools aren't working. I really need to use someone else's tools and then trust in another system outside of myself, the wisdom of others, the people who have managed this without me. And so I really think that one, two, three are the importance. And um, Russell Brand says at one point, I could go through the first three steps just by saying, yep, I have a problem. Yep, it's unmanageable. Yep, what I've got isn't working and I need to use another system and do what I'm told to a certain extent. So um, uh, I really think that the first three steps, I just kind of go through those over and over. And sometimes I look at those over the course of the day. Uh, I wanted to share with you some of my favorite tools. And one of them is a phrase called HALT, which stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And whenever I start getting maudlin and thinking about too much about my childhood, that's a point when I definitely know I'm tired and I need to go to sleep. <laughs> And I used to tell that to my um, uh, my daughter when she was three years old. To my cult, okay, which one are you? Let's think. Are you hungry? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do something about that. Are you tired? 
yeah okay well let's do something about that too you know and um when i start feeling triggered i like to try to come up with my own um uh acronyms or think about why is it i want to binge and some there was one really good one uh, that i'm not finding right now about that but there's lots of great sayings and i find that sometimes just thinking about one of those can really help me sort of break the cycle of of trigger maladaptive behavior so um so yeah uh the other things i wanted to tell you was um before oa yeah i had a real problem with finding all of these triggers in my life and then trying to figure out how to react appropriately to them i think it's sort of like rewiring my brain um, is what i really need to do and um the other tools that i really like are listening to the other podcasts in this series because i've found an awful lot of strength and hope when listening to those if i'm if it's not the right time for a meeting or if i'm out for a walk so and that's the end of my share thank you <laughs>